You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is a very, very, very happy Saturday as we discuss Michigan's absolute drubbing of Ohio State. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I just got back from being on the ground. I would have done it on the scene if they had lights, but they don't. And I did not bring any lights with me. But Michigan beats Ohio State 45-23 to in an absolute domination once everything was said and done. And this has to be probably, I would imagine, just as cathartic as what we saw last year in Ann Arbor. Because there's so many different things that come out of this. Ohio State, for a year, for 364 days have been sitting there saying, just wait until next year. Just wait until next year. Because our players had the flu, they were young, it was snowing, they had all kinds of things that they were saying. And even in the lead up to this one, Michigan, without its best player, as Michigan was, as we tried to try to figure out exactly if Blake Corum was going to be available, if he was going to be able to be productive, They were out there saying, well, look at them piling up the excuses. And now, today, once everything is said and done, there are no excuses to be had from the Michigan side. Ohio State certainly can point to injuries on their end, but none were more costly than what Michigan had lost. In Blake Corum, 70% of the offense being essentially unavailable, played a couple of snaps, and that was it. Clearly was incapable of really doing much. Knowing a little bit more about his injury, it makes sense that he wasn't really going to be terribly productive. But Michigan goes down and out Ohio State's Ohio State for the majority of the game. It was a, it's, it's weird because offensively the game plan, I'm not really sure what it was still, even in the aftermath. Maybe I have to, if I go back and rewatch I'll get a better idea. But I think that they probably went in thinking, okay, Blake might be able to do something. And then he couldn't. 10 yards of total rushing in the first half by the Michigan team. But J.J. McCarthy out there outdueling C.J. Stroud in the first half for the majority of the game. I mean, it was just a master, master class. And then the defense was just incredible. Well, we're going to get to all of it uh, here on our post game here. Uh, just want to look at some of the lines. This is actually some of the first times that I've looked at the lines. I'm J.J. McCarthy only completed 50% of his passes. That's what makes it even more kind of amazing in a lot of ways. And he ran a little bit, but it wasn't anything crazy. He had a long of 19, 6 for 27 with a touchdown. Average 4.5 yards per carry. But 263 yards in the game, three touchdowns. That was an evisceration. And then you add to the fact that Donovan Edwards added 22 carries for 216 yards. And I said during the game, when talking with a colleague, they were like, why, why do they keep on running Donovan? Clearly, he's not Blake. He's only getting two yards of carry. I said, just you wait. Just you wait. Because, not to sound like uh, Hamilton, but 
it was just a matter of time before that that's exactly the type of game he plays. It's two yards here, two yards there. He isn't the automatic four yards a carry type of guy. But then he starts breaking a little bit longer and a little bit longer before he becomes that home run hitter. And remember what I told you about Donovan Edwards and what Ohio State thought of him. Ohio State was really, really adamant that they, you know, they, they, they thought, according to, uh, to the people I had spoken with during his recruitment, Ohio State had him number one on their board. But they got greedy because they knew they could get Travion Henderson. He went, he went to Ohio State sight unseen. They already had Evan Pryor. They thought we could get all three in one class, which makes sense given how Ohio State has tended to operate. They do that with receivers all the time, right? They get the number one receiver, the number two receiver. They get all kinds of receivers. So they thought, I mean, they had a four-star in Evan Pryor. They had a five-star in Travion Henderson, and they muffed the, re- the recruitment of Donovan Edwards, who had to be talked out of committing to Ohio State multiple times. Ends up burning them in the biggest way. He, Cornelius Johnson obviously had his best game ever as a Wolverine. Four catches for 160 yards, two touchdowns, including a long of 75 yards. Came down with four of six uh, throws that went his way. Uh, it, it was just one of those things where Cornelius Johnson was the, was the one who got them going. And then Donovan Edwards ended up being the dagger that finished the game. Ultimately, 278 yards passing, 252 yards rushing. I mean, it was as good as you could hope. And it's not like Ohio State didn't play well. If you look at their stat line, I mean, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good for, for the most part. Now, I don't really know why they didn't run Dallin Hayden, considering that was all the talk going into the week. I mean, Mayan Williams got eight carries for 34 yards. Uh, Deontay Tranum is the one who got the majority of the carries. You might remember him from being a, uh, as they call him down there, Chip Tranum. You might remember him as being a guy that everyone thought was going to uh, transfer to Michigan, ended up picking Ohio State. He's from Akron, I believe. 14 carries, 83 yards. 143 yards rushing. It's 4.9 yards per carry overall on 29 carries. 349 yards in uh, overall. But two interceptions, two touchdowns for uh, C.J. Stroud. Master class in defense, especially second half. Uh, Jesse Minter, the second half adjustments, they come roaring back after a week off. Michigan outscored Ohio State 28-3 in the second half. Think about that. Outscored Ohio State 28-3. 22-point win. Is that an homage? The fact that that was the first win in uh, Columbus in 22 years. I don't know. But, I mean, it was something to behold. If you would have told me after the first quarter, Michigan would win in in a blowout fashion, uh, I would not have believed you. I went into the game extremely confident. I, I've done this before. I know I predicted Ohio State to win 30 to 20, uh, where I have a, a feeling that Michigan's going to win. I'll tell anyone who l- will listen kind of privately, but I put something else on paper. And for those of you who I saw only one person, but for those of you dragging me on Twitter, have at it. Because aren't you happy that my prediction didn't come true? That wasn't a want. That was just a prediction. And I certainly wasn't the only one. You know, I, I, plenty of my colleagues who thought that Michigan had a really good shot, really kind of thought Michigan was going to win, had picked uh, 
Ohio State to win the game. Didn't go that way. Now Michigan is the Big Ten East Division champions for the second straight year, going to the Big Ten championship game for the second straight year, going to the college football playoff assuredly for the second straight year, and uh, has a really good chance to go deep, if not all the way. Because Michigan went out and beat Ohio State by 22 points without its best player. Think about that for a second. Went on the road to Columbus and beat Ohio State without Michigan did not have its best player. Now, you can sit there and say Ohio State didn't have its best player in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And that's fair, but they played pretty much the entire year without Jackson Smith and Jigba and were still expected to beat Michigan. It's like Michigan last year being without Ronnie Bell, essentially. You know, it, it's, it, it's a little bit different when you lose a guy in week 11 compared to when you really haven't had that guy all year. You've adjusted. Michigan had uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. got seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown to Mecca Ibuka, nine, uh, nine receptions for 125 yards. Just they, they got theirs just like last year. And just like last year, Ohio State is going to the Rose Bowl. All right, let's continue on uh, talking about this game. Obviously, a lot to get into here. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, listen, it's a little bit outdated in the sense of, you know, we've already covered it. But for next week, you can sit there and you can go and you can say, how many do I want J.J. McCarthy by? How many do I want Donovan Edwards by? That's the great thing about underdog fantasy. It is like fantasy football meets over under with betting. It's incredible. You just go and you identify the players that you are going to choose in your pick and go and make your own picks is absolutely incredible. It's easy to play. It's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just Michigan, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play uh, games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. We'll assuredly be doing this next week, I would imagine. Uh, had some had some phone technical difficulties that kept me from from doing it in the last couple of weeks here, but we will we will try to do it publicly next week. Uh, so sign up with the promo code locked on. It's all one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to hundred dollars. Deposit hundred dollars, get hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google play store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on all one word. Get in on the college football. Pick them action today. March madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, I think I think that this has got to be. And I, I'm looking forward to rewatching the game here momentarily after we finish all of this. I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna. We're gonna. I've got a lot to do. You're gonna find out how much we, we got going on, um, and you'll find out why there were some absences this week. Um, Soon, because this is the last time in the studio. That's uh, this is the last time. So last go around, 
One last time, George Washington. I'm going to keep invoking Hamilton. I listened to Hamilton all the way down to Columbus and halfway back once uh, we got to USC's halftime. But um, it, uh, yeah, so this is the last, the last go in the studio. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a change. We're just going to have to, to deal with uh, different surroundings uh, for a little while, but uh, it's, uh, it, it'll be good. Uh, anyway, let's get into this Ohio State thing. Michigan did some things in the game after the game. Now, no, Jim Harbaugh didn't come out and have a third base comment or anything. He didn't say anything about Ryan Day or Ohio State or anything like that in the in that that type of way. Uh, he uh, the the players did say they could feel Ohio State tapping out uh, somewhere in the third quarter, which is kind of incredible because they weren't like road grading in terms of uh, going out there and. Uh, rushing the ball, right? They weren't doing that, so it, it makes it all the more interesting that they were able to uh, to to get them to tap out. But you could see it even when Ohio State uh, was up. You know, they weren't even up. But when once it was ten ten, it it seems pretty evident that they were starting to feel it. The crowd just felt on on unease. You know, they just were not at ease at all. And the the, the way that I could tell. Because like Michigan players said that you know Mike Sanders still said I could see over on their sidelines. And by the way, that that play that Mike Sanders still had, uh, I I spoke to uh, Jason Avant after the game, and he said you know he wasn't actually even supposed to be on Kate Stover. That he was supposed to it was supposed to be Will Johnson, and he vacated the area. Kate Stover streaks over, and Mike Sanders still sees it and reacts. Huge play, potentially game saving play. I know Michigan was up by eleven, but that was. Potentially a huge game-saving play. Because in my head, in those moments, I could see Ohio State scoring seven. And then suddenly Michigan gives the ball back. Suddenly Ohio State drives the field. And you know how they operate. But uh, incredible work by the Michigan defense to keep everything in front of them, make Ohio State work for it, just like last year. But this time, instead of having guys getting in the backfield and getting sacks, now the, I kept on seeing holds that went uncalled. But uh, instead of, of that, what they did was they were just like, we're just going to cover your guys so well. So there were a lot of coverage sacks, essentially. Made things uncomfortable in a different way for C.J. Stroud. It was a masterful, masterful game plan on the defense. And once Michigan started doing that, because, I mean, Marvin Harrison, some of his catches were insane. It was like last year, right? There's just ones where there's no way you can cover it. It's just what it is. But Michigan found ways to make that happen less and less and that is just insane but uh really just the fact that cornelius johnson the past game finally hitting on some deep balls i mean i i think we all did not anticipate that they would have success in that way right because you hadn't seen it all year you go up against theoretically the most difficult opponent and they're hitting on them now as i was saying the the way that I could tell that Ohio State was starting to tap out, I think it was on their final touchdown, which came in the first half. You could see when they when they do the swinging arms back and forth when they're about to kick off. Normally, when they're rolling, when they're into it, they're really swinging those arms, right? They look fired up, and I'm not gonna lie, it looks cool. I I, I hate it, but it looks cool. And guys did not have the zeal behind it. It it felt really weird for a team that just took the lead 
to go in the locker room at halftime in their home stadium with the lead. But you can see that they did not have it. Um, it pretty, pretty amazing that Michigan's defensive front and offensive front really were able to do what they were able to do. Those Donovan Edwards 75 and 85 yarders. The 75 yarder was the longest rush in the history uh, against Ohio State in the rivalry history. And it was topped immediately afterwards by an 85-yard rush. That is why you don't give up on Donovan Edwards carrying the ball. At Michigan, I thought, made some mistakes. I thought the 57-yarder by Jake Moody was a mistake. I think that, you know, that they were having a hard time moving the ball. Don't give them a, sh- a shorter field than you have to. Pin them deep. Pin them deep. But... You know what? They got out of it. Michigan, I did not, I, I, I was saying before the game, talking to anyone who would listen, like I said, I'm talking to John Jansen, I'm talking to, to other people, and I'm saying I could see Michigan going out there and having a similar performance as it did against Penn State, but I didn't know how it was going to happen if Blake Corum was slowed up. So first quarter was a lot of, you know, nightmares realized in the sense because on that second carry as he left the field, it was evident that he was not going to be able to play another down. It was just absolutely evident. And yet, they, uh, you know, they prevailed. They found a way. And not only found a way, they made it emphatic. Now Ohio State is left with zero excuses. And I'm curious to see. I, I can't wait to go on social media and just see see what they're saying. But it... They're left with zero excuses. Ryan Day has officially has a Michigan problem. One, one game is an anomaly. Two is a trend. And right now, Ohio State hasn't. They haven't beaten Michigan since November of 2019. No game in 2020. Lost in 2021. Lost in 2022. Now they've got to wait another year. And that one's not going to be an easy one. You can sit there and say you're scarred. You can sit there and say you want revenge all you want. That's how Michigan used to feel. Now, Michigan clearly has Ohio State's number. Kind of like in the sense that Michigan State, whenever they've begged Michigan to pay enough attention to them, Ohio State begged Michigan to take them as seriously as they take them. And unfortunately for Ohio State, now that Michigan is, it has not worked in their favor the last two times. And for any Ohio State fan that's out there sitting there thinking, well, we'll just get them next year. You know, we've won so many in in the last however. Guess what? Michigan fans were thinking the same thing in 2005, 2006, heck, even 2004, right? Michigan fans were thinking, there is no way that this is going to continue. We are going to get back in this thing, and we're going to continue our dominance. This is how things start. And going and breaking a 22-year streak is a heck of a coming out party, an emphatic, emphatic statement by Michigan. In my opinion, Michigan should be ranked number one after this week. Do I think that it's a fully complete team? I'm not so sure. I mean, it, they can do a little bit of everything. If you remember back to my post-Iowa, I said Michigan can beat you any way that you want. It's like the old the basketball teams we saw in late John Beeline, early Juwan. They can beat you any way you want. You want to run? We're going to run. You want to you you we'll slow things down? We'll slow things down. But it, it's they found a way to win and they did it convincingly they beat an undefeated team in the final week of the regular season at home by 22 points tell me who's got a better win georgia's win against tennessee had lost a lot of its luster in that south carolina game and it's that was i believe a home game for georgia 
completely different scenario going into the shoe against a team that many thought had a strong chance to win the national championship that had been number one in a lot of power rankings throughout the year. And, and you just made them look silly. So that's where we're at. All right. We are going to continue on here momentarily. Uh, but listen, inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree. There's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, you download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next claim and offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business pays, usually with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. All right, let's finish this out here. Michigan is going to go to Indianapolis, and they're going to play essentially a road game in a way. Maybe, kind of, probably not. <laughs> but uh, they're playing uh, Purdue mere, uh, like, you know, I think West Lafayette's about an hour away, if that, from Indianapolis. I don't know. I stayed, when, we, when Michigan played Purdue in 2017, I stayed kind of halfway between Indianapolis and uh, West Lafayette. Uh, but it, Michigan should be in, regardless of what happens. Uh, but I, I would be surprised if Michigan lost to Purdue. But it is Purdue's first time there. They're going to be, you know, up and raring to go. I think this is a tougher test than Iowa was last year. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's amazing. I, I was driving home, and I was talking to my best friend on the way home, and I said, it just hit me that Michigan's 12-0. and They finished out the regular season undefeated, and it's been 25 years since that happened. The 25 years quarter century after the last time they went undefeated in the regular season here Michigan is with an opportunity to win it all certainly I would think that if if say Michigan's number one I don't think they will be but I think they should be uh, I think that they'd end up playing USC I think they'd win that game if they're number two they'll be playing TCU I think they'll win that game that is also the beauty of the way that Michigan beat Ohio State is because if one one or the other team won by three points. Guess what? Both are getting in. This year with TCU currently undefeated and in a situation where they can probably afford to lose the the uh, Big 12 championship game. As I say this, uh, USC is up uh, 10 on Notre Dame. Maybe that changes. Maybe this is outdated by the time it's published. I'm not sure. But it, it is a situation where uh, basically Michigan landed the the blow that said Ohio State you are not worthy of being in have fun in Pasadena it is uh it it's 60 you're going to need a jacket <laughs> at this time of year or that time of year it's going to be a little it's going to be a little chilly potentially but welcome back i know you said rose bowls weren't your thing uh, i hope the rose bowl committee is uh nice to you regardless of you going out there and saying that and this is kind of why I didn't like the the whole idea of the, you know, how can Michigan get in when they lose to Ohio State? Because it's like, well, it, this game should be the knockout blow, right? If you don't beat 
your rival, then you don't get that opportunity. So the fact that Michigan went out, handled business, did it again, workmanlike. I'm really curious to see what Boo Corrigan says about Michigan. I'm curious to see what Heather Dinich says about Michigan after all of this. It, it, it's the best win of the 2022 college football season. There's no one else that has a better win. And there's nothing Ohio State can do about it except for stew. C.J. Stroud will have likely gone winless against Michigan in his career. He picked going to Ohio State over Michigan. Michigan had the offer to him, was courting him. Didn't work out that way. I believe that was the J.D. Johnson scenario that uh, made it so Michigan was going after him. So, uh, unfortunately for Ohio State, he made the wrong choice. Unfortunately for Ohio State, they made the wrong choice with Donovan Edwards. Because now, Donovan Edwards is 2-0 against Michigan. C.J. Stroud is 0-2. And he, he had a decent game. C.J. Stroud did. Donovan Edwards, J.J. McCarthy had better ones. Once everything was cumulatively said and done. So now Michigan gets to go to Indianapolis for the second straight year. And it's... Like I said, I, I kind of expected it. And one of those, even though I predicted otherwise, like I told my best friend earlier in the week, I said, I am, for someone who just sent in the my score prediction to 11 Warriors, I am off preparing as far as like doing certain things as if they're going to Indianapolis. I did not do that in 2016 or 2018. There was no part of me that was like, okay, I need to make sure that I have, now I didn't have Zuri, but there was no part of me that was like, okay, I got to make sure that we, we have this and this and this, and we got to make sure that, you know, I, I got to know that that weekend's free and blah, blah, blah. Didn't have any of that. Did this year, did last year. Predicted Michigan to lose both games. <laughs> so maybe I need to con- continue to pick Michigan to lose against Ohio State because I think all of the other years I picked Michigan to win, even 2019, I think I might have. And both times I picked Michigan to uh, to lose, Michigan wins. So that's that. All right, that's going to do it for us today with the post game. Uh, don't know if we'll have an episode on Monday. We'll try, but like I said, there this is the last uh, last one here. So it, we'll see. It. Things are going to be a little bit in flux this next week, um, but uh, we will see how we'll try to figure it out because obviously it's a big week. Michigan potentially going to win yet another Big Ten championship. All right, so that'll do it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for watching and or listening. Peace.